Hey, welcome to episode 86 of Scar Bearers. I'm Chris DT Gordon. As always, I am so excited that you're here with me today. And always with me are Nate and Britton Barron helping me out on the post-production side. You want them to work their magic on your presentations. You can reach out to them at Nate Barron. So it is December. That means that Christmas or other holidays that you might celebrate are around the corner. And if you want someone to receive a gift from you that inspires them and helps me out at the same time, frankly, you can go to chrisdtgordon.com, if I can say my own name right, and visit the Chris DT Gordon's Tag and Pop Shop, where I have some tag swag. What? That's kind of cool. I should say that more often. Like this hat here. Well. Yeah, thanks. And I have a new line of shirts. I'm so excited based on my fabled question, what is your favorite dinosaur? I have those shirts and sweatshirts at the Tag and Pop Shop. And remember, if you go check out the Tag and Pop Shop, you buy something, you can get 20% off all of your uh, purchases with Tag Pop One. So go check that out. Also, you know, I, I, I also do this speaking thing. So if you want, want me to share my message of the added to the gratitude with your students or organization, please reach, please reach out to me so we can start a conversation there. All right. I am joined by my new friend, Alexandria Neesmith. Alex, Alex, how are you today? Fantastic. Thank you. Chris, how are you? You sound, you sound um, happy and vibrant. I love it. Well, thank you very much. You know, I could be doing a lot worse. And I think that goes for both of us. You know, I, you know, something that we have in common is that we have shark bites on our legs, though I don't know about you, I've never encountered the creature. So, and, and my audience knows my story, at least some of it, but I am excited for them to learn yours. So go ahead, Alex. Sure. And before you do, I, I want to offer a care warning. We will be talking about uh, cancer and numerous surgeries and the possible trauma that can occur because of those. So just keep that in mind as Alex shares her story. So go ahead, please. Awesome. Thank you so much for that framework. Um, yeah, so I, I was so excited to be able to share the story because so often when people hear women talk about cancer, um, there's an automatic assumption that it's um, breast cancer. Uh, and so women women are afflicted. Uh, and, I, and I wind up having to tell people, no, I, I've, not, I've not had that. Um, and, and sometimes feel like I have to apologize because I've had a different type of cancer. Um, and so in 2014, in the summer of 2014, I was diagnosed with a stage two uh, melanoma. Actually, when it first got happened, they weren't even sure of the stage. They were, they were unclear of how progressive the disease was because the tumor was actually um, very large um, and very advanced and um, had a lot of indicators for being extremely progressed. So I, I went into surgery unstaged. So I went in for a biopsy um, of a spot that just was kind of itchy. It was on the back of my thigh, my right thigh. I literally couldn't see it and, and thought, oh, I guess I'll go to the dermatologist and, uh, you know, got fit myself into an appointment. And uh, he said, okay, I'll see you back in two days, 48 hours for your results. And I thought, Okay, you know that 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 seemed atypical. So, but I I didn't really think too much of it. I went back in and and you know he said it's it's as we expected. It's it is a melanoma and um, 
we can't stage it at this point. He said, uh, you need to be in surgery immediately within, within the next 48 hours, you need to be in surgery. Um, so I was a little overwhelmed. Um, I happened to be living at the time in Tampa, Florida, where right outside of, uh, Moffitt Cancer Center, which is really a world renowned cancer facility. They were unable to get me in for surgery. Um, they needed about six weeks to have one of their own dermatologists corroborate the results before they'd move me in. And, um, we didn't have that much time. Mm-hmm. So wow. the staging was, um, at a, at a stage where it could be more advanced if not addressed sooner. So, um, Fortunately, my mom is a case manager at a hospital in Central Florida, and one of her surgeons um, agreed to meet with me. So we drove five hours up to where she um, lives and met with her surgeon, and I was in surgery within 72 hours. Um, and so I had a uh, about a six-hour-long procedure, uh, fully intubated, um, as they removed um, about a softball-size mass from wow. the back of my right thigh. So it was very large. It's extends about, I don't, I don't know how many inches that is, maybe seven. Um, So yeah, so had that done. Um, And that was the beginning of um, kind of a, I would say a lifelong journey of losing vanity, um, if you will, over, over certain aesthetic features of my body. Um, And so I subsequently have had um, 56 plus biopsies, skin biopsies, um, have some fantastic um, scars from those as well, um, have had multiple surgeries. And of course, the big one was on the back of my right thigh. Wow. So you definitely qualify for being on this show. (laughs) You definitely are a bearer of scars. So I am. Um, I want to go back a little bit. You said that you were diagnosed with melanoma, and mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, myself included, think skin cancer when you automatically hear that. But was that the case for you? Right. So it's it's interesting because when you hear melanoma, it, it it's labeled as a skin cancer because it typically comes from um, moles that have turned, if you will. They've gone awry. The the cells in them have become malignant. But melanoma is actually um it's one of the more dangerous cancers because and it's actually called the beast um, because a melanoma can actually appear on any organ anywhere in the body. So I fun fact um, Bob Marley died of melanoma. It was growing underneath his toenail, oh. um, and so yeah, so it it actually can return. It can grow. It can become metastatic very quickly, and it can grow anywhere. It doesn't just grow on the skin, which is your largest organ. So mine was um. A tumor that wound up growing from the surface layer of the epidermis down into into the muscle um, of of the thigh. So the rate at which my um, my skin my moles, if you will, or freckles um, become atypical is very high. So they there is familial melanoma. Um, so it's a genetic predisposition. So I do have to be a bit more careful over things. Um, and so people people like me wind up doing their their they're called glamour shots. You get to go to your dermatologist in the in the birthday suit um, and photograph. Um, all of your moles so that you can track their progress and, 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 and be a bit more preventative, um, on the care for them. Wow. So yeah, that's not the kind of photo album I want to keep a track of, but you know, I, if you got to do what you got to do basically. And yes. so what is the time frame in which these biopsies occurred? Because they didn't all happen at one time, I'm guessing. No, I went, so after the, after the typing, um, so melanoma starts at a stage zero, my one on the, my, my, my left ear, um, which we had surgery for that as well. 
had plastic surgery for that one. Um, so after that, I went every 90 days to the dermatologist for the first three years. So every 90 days and I moles being removed, skin cells being tested. Um, and after three years, I went to every six months and now I'm on an annual basis. So biopsies are a very regular part of my life. I, at any, at any moment at the dermatologist and, and, you know, some of the moles do continue to grow back. Um, and I have one in particular on the bottom of my foot and it's extremely painful to have it removed on the bottom of your foot, but it's been removed three times and it continues to grow back and it hasn't um, morphed into anything other than um, atypical. Um, but so I continue to get those um, on, a, on a regular basis to be seen and, and to have biopsies. It's, it's, um, it's part of my life. It's a, it's a way of living for me. Wow. So atypical is different from malignant. Correct. Yes. Atypical okay. is just the beginning of the the signs start to look um, on the moles. They look for um, is it raised? Does it have texture to it? Is it um, you know got um, uneven borders as it moves around? Is it really dark in color? There are um, a couple of key indicators that you want to look for specifically with melanoma. Okay. And what kind of work do you do? Because I know we never really talked about that. Does that sure. have anything to do with? the, you know, these moles. No, it doesn't. It's, it's actually, now I do, I, I am a Florida girl born and raised from Florida. Um, you know, so there is, you know, there is the, you know, if you've had more than two major sunburns in your life, you're certainly more, um, susceptible to, to getting some sorts of skin cancer. Of course, there's basal cell um, and squeamish cells. So those are the two more common types and those don't stage out. They're just removed and they don't, um, meta, they don't become metastatic, if you will. Um, but no, my job doesn't do that. But I can tell you that my journey um, through cancer um, and my journey in this process has led me to what I do today, which is um, as I, I'm actually a trauma-informed certified life coach. Um, and my cancer journey has been a very big part of, of why I moved into that. I subsequently lost my very best friend to metastatic stage four breast cancer. Um, she, yeah, thank you. She, she passed about three years ago. Um, so I had gone through my journey, was, you know, pretty well on the way to recovery when she very quickly was diagnosed. She, she passed in, in about 18 months from diagnosis to, to death. Um, so I've, I've seen that and she, that's a different story, but yeah. Hmm. And so how has, how has, how has her struggle and her death affected you? Because I'm sure that, you know, not only, you know, that being best friends alone is traumatic. But how has that maybe affected how you uh, approach your life and your journey and how you talk with people? Yeah. Um, you know, best friends you just can't go and get, right? They're, they're people, they're, they're a kindred connection to you. Mm -hmm. um, so when she, when she was diagnosed, you know, it happened very quickly and, and, uh, I think everybody knew it would, would, would turn very quickly. Um, the, the legacy that she has left me, at the same time she was going through that, my daughter was diagnosed with a really rare um, autoimmune disease. It's called morphia scleroderma. Um, she was one of 1,500 pediatric cases in the U.S. diagnosed with it, and hers manifested on the body. So while my, my, what my, this was my, my middle child, she was dealing with this. I was visiting my best friend. We, we lived miles apart. She lived up in Jacksonville and I lived in Fort Lauderdale. So it's about five hours. Um, but pretty about every other weekend or once a month, I would drive up there to try to see her, um, through that. 
I tell you this because the way it impacted me was not so much in the sense that the cancer took her. Um, it was as my daughter was being had been diagnosed with this disorder that was kind of disfiguring her body um, and struggling to get her footing as a 15, 16 year old going through that, she could see my best friend kind of rejecting reality of her condition and her situation. And it left this indelible impression on her of, I need to be grateful for what I have. I need to make the most of the time that I have and to love the people that are with me as deeply and fiercely as I can. And I need to be brave in the face of this conflict with my body and how I feel about my body because scars do that to you. It's, it's not just it's not just what caused the scars, but it's embracing the change of your body as it as it comes through the the trauma. Mm -hmm. And that was the gift that my best friend was able to give my daughter. Um, so it was a it was a wonderful experience. And I don't usually cry, but I do miss her. And like I said, you can't just go get a new best friend. No, no. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss. And but at the same time, I'm grateful that she was able to endow your daughter with that strength of character and that emotional armor. Because, yeah. you know, as we with scars, we, we can't stop people from making comments. We can't stop people from their thoughts, you know, and I use humor a lot. You know, when I go swimming and I, I don't have my shirt on, I have kids staring at me and I say, kids, just make sure you stay away from the pool filter. And so I can, you know, I can do that, but it, that's because I've learned to use that humor as a, as a uh, defense mechanism. And I don't take it so seriously, but I'm 47. I've had a lot of right. life experience. Your daughter's a teenager. And mm -hmm is going through a much different journey at her time in her life. And so I'm so blessed that your daughter has that gift. Thank you. I agree. It was a wonderful gift. And, you know, you know, as a parent, you often can't tell teenagers things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we try to share journeys and experiences with them, but um, she just left that, you know, on those visits when she was sick and she couldn't, she's like, oh, I'll do a road trip with you, mom. And um, we would go up and visit Guida and, and, uh, and it was it was a wonderful experience. And um, I was with her up until the day before she, she died. Um, so it was it was a wonderful experience to be a part of. So, you know, moving forward. Yeah. What are you I mean, you said that you're a, a trauma. What was the exact the exact title? Trauma informed. Trauma informed life coach. So, yeah, obviously you have a lot of experience with the, the trauma part. How did you, I mean, what, what motivated you to start and how does, how do you interact with your clients on a day-to-day -day basis? Okay. So the, the cancer journey was, um, was really interesting because it, it's very complex. And so kind of at a high level, I was, I divorced in 2018, which really was the catalyst for me moving into doing coaching as a full-time, um, entrepreneur. But when I was diagnosed in 2014, um, there was an experience um, when I got the diagnosis, 
my now ex-husband was with me at the time and it happened to be a fundraiser night at one of the kids schools it was like spaghetti night right so we had made this appointment and had squeezed squeezed in um and had gotten the diagnosis and i was kind of shell-shocked like he said it and i was like okay i'll i'll get I'll, I'll figure the surgery piece out i but we have to go do this fundraiser like we have got to get to our kids school we've signed up we've committed i and i don't know if it was shock or what of it but we had two separate cars so i got in the car um and and my my husband at the time was very very shook about this and, and he said are you okay and i was like well i'm okay right now I, i'll process this in a little bit um and he said well you know i'm not okay i'm going through this too and i remember thinking okay, I, I get that your wife has just been given this cancer diagnosis with a lot of unknown variables, but it felt selfish to bring the attention to him. And, and I don't know if that was me not meeting an emotional need, but that's how I felt in the time was that this was selfish. So, and, it, and we kind of had this undercurrent for a long time in the relationship. So fast forward to 2018, when he actually asked for a divorce, that was really the catalyst for me um, to move into being um, a life coach. I was really able to step into my superpower. Hmm. I had sought validation um, in my ex-husband for many different things. And it had been, I had kept myself tethered to him um, in a codependent way. And, and, and if you are familiar with codependency, then, then that makes sense. Um, and, and, and as a codependent, that was a very strong feeling that I had coming out of 20, 2018 in the divorce. So to answer the question, how does this help my clients? So I am certified also as a life coach and I'm considered a specialist. I've taken additional training and hold certificates in things like depression awareness, CBT therapy. Um, and I use those in conjunction, um, with my personal experiences. So, uh, this is one of the experiences. The divorce is another experience. They are traumatic and every person has some degree of trauma um, on how they've survived or what they've accomplished, their life story. So for me, my life experience and the trauma-informed piece is how I help my clients. What it does is it gives me the capacity to navigate between sympathy and empathy. So it, sympathy on related issues and empathy on non-related issues that may be manifest an emotional problem in the same way. And wow. so that is how I can help my clients navigate. Have you ever thought about speaking? Because uh, you, know, you have a very compelling story and on many levels, and you have a beautiful voice. I would, you know, I would love to see you on a stage sometime. Have you ever considered that? Mm -hmm. I thank you so much for that. First, let me just thank you for the flowers. Um, fun fact, I actually did do a submission for a TEDx. I feel really, I have a strong level of conviction around our personal core character traits. Um, mm -hmm. I think that as, as people, part of our journey in life as being humans um, is that we all have these fundamental character traits and yours are different than mine and that's what makes us so vastly beautiful and unique um, and so once you leverage and can find your character traits if you hold true to those as your barometer 
then the decisions you make in life become so much easier. Do these, do these nourish my soul? Do these nourish my business? They're very different. Sometimes they can work together in tandem. Um, so that's, that was my case for, for Ted talks, but I, I haven't heard back from them yet. So I hear you, I would love to be able to share the story in a, in a larger forum, larger audience. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, consider if you feel that pulling, like you said, you, you know, your spirit is pulled towards different things naturally. And I am naturally a speaker. I feel that I do well communicating to a lot of people and, you know, be it, you know, either because I was a theater minor or because I DJ karaoke or I'm a teacher, you know, I've, I'm, I'm comfortable on a stage. And I so, think it's but because if, you have an enigmatic personality and a charisma about you that is somewhat infectious. Well, and thank you. I brings, appreciate that. It brings joy to you. So I think that that yeah. is um, a wonderful, wonderful qualities to have. Yeah. And so if you ever feel that, you know, you ever feel that pull sometime, you can definitely find your audience. And so, but speaking of those, you know, those goals or the, you know, that pull towards something else, what is what is in store for you for the next year or so in the short term? Oh, yeah. So um, in store for me, you know, right now I'm, I'm on a mission. I I'm working, I'm working on a book. I, I feel really strongly um, about getting specific content out around the divorce. I, I see, you know, it's, you know, it's so interesting. It's a different scar, right? It's not a physical scar that you see. Um, when people find out you're divorced, their first reaction is I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm always like, why do I sound like I need an apology? <laughs> um, so I've stopped saying I'm I'm sorry uh, when people tell me they're divorced. I'm always like, congratulations, you're on a new journey. You know, whether you're excited or you're scared, that's that's to be expected. So congratulations, you're you're learning you again and you're creating a new story. And it's another chapter, if you will, in in this dialogue. And so I I try to reframe feeling like a victim in a divorce versus so I, I have this compelling desire. So that is what it holds for me there. Um really being able to help women as they transition through. Um body confidence isn't necessarily what I teach, but it is part of the mindset space that I um, occupy as a coach. So I'm really just focusing on that. And, and, you know, like you said, speaking, I, I would love to be able to get onto a TED Talks and do those kind of things. So that's what the future holds for me. And what I hope to be able to do is impact other people much the same way you do with your podcast and, and this content and finding other people to have a message to share. Um, that is really where I'm at. That's the, the journey that I'm on. I'm not brave enough to be on YouTube. Uh, Instagram is enough for me. So <laughs> um, I do try to push my message out to share for people because, you know, at the end of the day, we all have this, these experiences. And I always say my body is a roadmap to the, to the victories that I have won. I have stretch marks from a period of time when I thought food was the answer. I have a C-section scar from a child who had a different way of coming into the world than his sisters. And, you know, I have this cancer story. And so I, I kind of, it, but it took me a moment to be able to love the skin that I'm in um, and to be okay with her as, as, as she changes and as her story progresses and um, as I bring new things in. So I, and that isn't a body positivity piece, though it can be interpreted and, and, and used in that way, but I more want people to have grace on themselves 
for the things that they have done and for the experiences that make us us. Um, because when we leave this earth, the body will have just been the vessel. Um, and and I want to I want to leave a legacy that's more than just the physicality of who I am. It's more the embodiment of the characters, um, the character traits that I have, and 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 the story that I could share. And I I at some point hope that that helps somebody on on the journey with me. That is a fantastically beautiful sen sentiment. I really appreciate you sharing that, Alex. You know, and as we close our conversations, I usually like to ask my guests, you know, what's one more piece of advice or inspiration you want to you want to share? And I think you nailed it without me even asking. So thanks for helping me do my job. Thank you. Oh well, thank you for the space. It was very organic and 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 it and it fit. The energy was matched. So well, excellent. You. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or get in contact with you? Yeah, I, you know, thank you for asking and for the opportunity. I would love for people to connect with me on Instagram. My name is a little bit long. I'm passionate about my name. It's, you know, it, there's a story on that as well and why I use that as my business platform. But um, Alexandria underscore Neesmith is where I'm at um, on Instagram. And so people can connect with me there. I've, of course, got my short form video there. My website is the same thing, alexandrianeesmith.com. Um, any one of your listeners wants to head over to my website, they can click on any one of the gold and pink buttons and it will email them um, a journal, a prompt-based journal. It's totally free, so they are welcome to head on over and get that. It's um, uh, launching a mindset. It, it's prompt-based, so it's 30, 30 days to give them a, a, a way to start the self-discovery journey. You know, that's perfect timing as we're going into a new year. You know, we think yes. new new year, new you. And so maybe that starts with a new mindset. When I, when I speak, I talk a lot about how where your thoughts go, your mind and body will follow. So mm -hmm. I think that journal is a great way to get those thoughts in the right direction. Absolutely. Mindset is a hard thing. And that, you know, people always say, just change your mindset. And that gets me on a totally different soapbox. But um, it's, there's not an easy button and there's not a flip to switch. It's a conscious decision every day um, to choose the state that you decide to be in. Um, and then, I, you know, if it's OK, Chris, I would just I would share this one last piece. And I would just say people people who have visible wounds and scars, not all of us do. Some of us have scars that you can't see and they're as traumatic as the visible ones. Um, but I remember the first time I put on a bathing suit after my scar had healed, I actually wound up with a septus, um, uh, an infection. Um, and uh, so my, my scar opened up. So it's really wide. Like it's not this little line, like it's massive and you can see the stitch marks. And, um, you know, I always think like, it's like, a, it's like a pirate scar, you know, <laughs> it commands attention. Yeah. And so the first time I put on a bathing suit, I was so self-conscious. I thought, oh my God, everyone's going to be looking at the back of my leg. And in reality, nobody was looking at my leg at all. So what I would tell people is oftentimes people aren't looking. And if they are, there's a natural curiosity. And if you can be in an emotional space to be able to say, oh, this is what that is, it, it informs people to not be afraid 
um, especially kids, right? I get, I've had kids at the beach. They're like, well, you know what happened there? Literally did a shark bite you, <laughs> um, you know, and I'm always like, that would be a much better story than the one I have to tell you. Um, so I would just encourage people to embrace it and to own it and be comfortable in it. Don't, don't hide it. Don't cover it. It is who you are. It is part of your journey and it's part of your story. And people want to connect with people in a very deep emotional way. And this is your opportunity to be able to do that um, unfettered and authentically. I just, I felt compelled to share that. No, thank you for sharing that. And I wholeheartedly agree. When I run races in the summer and the uh, actually spring and fall, I will often not wear a shirt because I want to exactly what you did, what you said, represent that my imperfection, but also show that you know, I may have these massive scars, but that doesn't keep me from living my life. And I want to yeah. sh share that with other people. And I have a phrase that you'll hear at the end of my podcast that exemplifies that, that, you know what, I will never be a model. I'll never have a runway to walk down. But if I stay consistent in my actions and diligent in my efforts, and I persevere through those tough times, I may reach perfection once in a while, but I'll always be great. And exactly. that's what we should all go for. And it doesn't matter what we do, as long as it's, you know, morally, you know, you know it, it doesn't hurt other people, you know, I mean, uh, but we can't, we can't let all, you know, our scars hold us back. You know, no, because, you cannot let your scars because the only person well, you can, but yeah. there's no, nothing fruitful that can come from it. Yeah, and you know, we, you're right. We definitely can, but the only person who's well, we we could hurt you know we could hurt other people by keeping ourselves away from them. But ultimately, we're just hindering ourselves. And yeah. so I love that you shared that because that's something that this that's what this podcast is about: is bearing our scars, learning from the experiences, and helping others to do the same. Yeah. So, folks. Uh, go check out Alexandria uh, underscore Naismith on Instagram, alexandrianaismith.com on the Webers, you know, on the Webertude, on the, uh, you know, Infrawebs. And one more question I have for you, Alex, what yes. is your favorite dinosaur? my favorite question of all. So I, I I think I told you I had a collection of stuffed dinosaurs as a kid. So I love all the dinosaurs, but I think I'm going to have to go with the pterodactyl because the pterodactyl is like swift and beautiful and fierce all at once. I agree. You know, I, I've had a few pterodactyls, and, you know, during the show. And so it's fun to hear that. But yeah, I, I totally agree that, you know, watching them in movies, it's so mesmerizing. <laughs> that they underrated are people are always like oh it's it's just a pterodactyl but usually the pterodactyl is in it for the win <laughs> oh yeah and they're huge too people think yeah. of them as birds no they are about yes. the size of a car and they're so very it's, big uh, they're very very majestic and very impressive yes well alex you yourself are very impressive thank you so much for sharing your time and your story with us i greatly appreciate it it's been my my privilege. Thank you so much for the space. Definitely. And folks, again, check out Alex on Instagram and Facebook. You can check me out at chrisdtgordon.com to learn more about my story and what I could do to help you and others 
increase your gratitude, positivity, and resilience. And with that, thank you so much for joining me today. Please have a great day. And remember to pass on perfection and go for greatness.